Calvary Church is located in beautiful Peterborough, Ontario, and is committed to impacting that community with the life-changing message of Jesus Christ. Each week, one of our preaching team draw powerful life application truths from the Bible. Check us out here or online at calvaryptbo.church. So I want to I want to thank the uh, the board. I was told back in, I think it was around November time, that uh, I had already had a planned trip to head over with my son to Czech Republic for his uh, school hockey team, and, um, and the board said, well, you know what, Paul, you're actually going to take a couple more weeks on top of that, and, uh, and you're going to go for an extended period of time. So I've been gone away for almost a month, and, uh, and I'm telling you, what I feel, I feel so much better today than before Christmas. Christmas season's a little busy around here. And then with everything else going uh, on around Calvary Church, it's been a bit of a heavy time. And the board said, you just take a little bit of a break. So, uh, so I've been gone for a number of weeks. Mind you, so have you because of the weather. <laughs> the numbers have been a little lower over the last number of weeks. But it's good to have you here today. It's good to be back. It's good to be in, in, the, uh, in the church with the church you know, I was, uh, part of my trip was to go, like I already alluded to, to go over to the Czech Republic, and, and it was an awesome experience. I got to take in the World Juniors. My son and his hockey team played four games there against some Czech teams as well. They didn't do as good as the junior Canadians did, but nonetheless, it was still a lot of fun. And uh, we did a bunch of other things. That was a lot of fun and, and stuff. But we also had some educational moments as well. We went to Auschwitz, the concentration camp, which was a really humbling experience. Uh, we, we learned about gravity uh, by skiing down the hill. Okay, I learned about gravity by skiing down the hill in, uh, in Europe. And, um, and then we also did a tour of uh, one of the older cities in Czech Republic. It's the, they claim it's the second most beautiful city behind Prague in Czech, uh, called Olomus. And, and so we took a, a little bit of a guided tour through this community. And one of the things that we did while we were in this tour is we visited a number of different churches. And that was, that was an interesting experience. We were standing in the one church, and, uh, and the, the tour guide is talking a little bit about the, the church, and he was talking about the pipe organ in this church, and how back, you know, hundreds of years ago, this was one of the best, same pipe organ that's still there, and it was one of the best pipe organs in all of Eastern Europe, and Mozart uh, would come and play this pipe organ. And I'm like, that is crazy. Like, he died like hundreds of years ago. He's an old man. And, uh, and he said even some of the, the or all of the, uh, the pews that were there were the same pews from way back then. And I'm sitting in one going, wow, some followers of Jesus Christ from hundreds of years ago sat in this pew. We were in another church, and he was talking about uh, George Handel. Handel's, you would know from Handel's Messiah, he wrote that. Well, he would come to this, this church uh, often over the course of his life, and he would compose music there. Whether or not he did Messiah there or not, I'm not 100% certain, but, but he would compose music there. And I'm, it, it just, you know, it came alive. Hebrews chapter 12, if you're familiar with that passage of Scripture, it just came alive to me in that, in that moment. Uh, 
he, the writer of Hebrews kind of just walks through all of what we see in chapter 11 as the hall of faith. And he talks about all these people who had faith in Christ or faith in God and, uh, over the years. And they lasted and they endured and so forth and so on. And he goes in chapter 12, verse 1, and he says, you know, because we have all of this such a cloud of witnesses, because we have all of the past behind us, we can persevere in the faith. And, uh, and it just kind of brought that to life for me. It was a great experience. But one of the things that I also recognized is in that culture, and they were pretty quick to say, and I heard it from many different people, is that they are not a religious culture. And, uh, and so all of these buildings, these churches, are basically empty. There's no real presence of a, uh, a vibrant faith in Christ. And it, and it also reminded me that these are buildings. These are not the church. The church, you know, we often refer to the church, oh, we're going to the church. Oh, you, have you ever been to that church? And, and we often refer to the church as a building, but in, in reality, the church isn't a building. The church is the people. You are the church. This series that we're wrapping up today called Seeing 2020, the whole point of this series was to help us see ourselves as God sees us. And so in week number one, my wife talked about the fact that we are not our past. God does not look at you through the lens of your past and what you've gone through in the past. That's not how he defines you. That's not who you are. We are not our past. In week number two, John Mark, our youth pastor, he spoke on the fact that we are not useless. God does not look at you as if you're useless, just some worthless piece. He, you have purpose. Last week, Pastor Brian, uh, our director of resources, he looked at this whole concept of the fact that we are the redeemed. So in the first two weeks, we looked at who we are not, Last week, we looked at who we are. We are the redeemed. We are the people of God. We are set aside. We are pulled out of a, of a, a humanity and created with new life in Christ. We are a new humanity, a new creation. We are the redeemed. He saved us. Today, I want to look at the fact that we are the church. We are the body of Christ. And as much as we need him, we also need each other. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 20 informs us that Jesus Christ is the cornerstone or the foundation in which our life is built on, yes. So everything we say and everything we do must be lived through that filter, and yes, our identity is found in him. We are his. Our strength, our confidence, our purpose, it's found in him. And so Brian and, and Ali both spoke about that. And you can listen to those messages. I would encourage you to do that. Listen to those messages at calvaryptbo.church. Catch yourself up on it all. But as much as we are doing that, Ephesians chapter 2 and Ephesians 3 and 4 also inform us that we're not isolated individuals in this journey, in this relationship with God. 
We're not just Christians or followers of Christ that we can experience Jesus alone. No, we are the body of Christ, and we need each other. So let me define that a little bit for us here this morning. We use the term church, and, uh, and there's a lot of ways in which we come up with this, but basically the whole concept of uh, the concept of church is that of the community of Christ, of Christians. We are a community, and that's who we need to be. We are the body of Christ. We need each other. It consists of all the true followers of Jesus Christ. All those who've put their hope in him. It's not the building, it's the people. Now the purpose of this church is multifaceted. And so first of all, and this is where John, Pastor John Mark looked at this a couple of weeks ago, where we're, first of all, we're part of the body of Christ is to be on mission. We are to evangelize. We are to help people understand the gospel message of Jesus Christ. We are to serve others, help people in their physical needs. And so that we need to be on mission. That needs to be a part of who we are as followers of Jesus Christ. The body must be about the mission. But we also need to glorify God or we need to worship God. That's also another purpose of the church is to worship him. We join together as believers to worship the one who created us, who sustains us, who gives us life and hope for a future. And so we worship him. We gather together on Sundays in a format like this, like we've just done, and we worship Christ together. We also learn about God. Another purpose of the body is to learn about God and to learn about ourselves. See, we join together as believers to learn the truths of Scripture and about how and who God is and how we can interact with others through this filter, through this life, as a result of who he is in our life. Now, those two areas are crucial, that of worshiping God and that of, of learning about who God is. Those are, those are crucial areas of, a, of a, the life of a believer. But if I'm completely honest with you, you can do that almost anywhere, especially in the area of Google, in this era that we live in today. You know, I, I'm not naive. There are probably, now I know many of you don't think this, but there are probably better communicators than I am out there. I'm not, I'm not naive. I know that that's the case. You can get worship experiences. All you have to do is go to YouTube. You can have amazing worship encounters while you're driving or while you're sitting at home or while you're procrastinating at work. Whatever you're doing, you can have those moments of worship without a doubt. You don't need this here. And in fact, I think that's what a lot of people are starting to really question. Do we really need Sundays? Like really is Sundays all this, this service? Is it all about these worship experiences or, or hearing a message from somebody up front? Like, I, that, there's so much other stuff out there I can do. Uh, maybe, maybe Sundays aren't worth it anymore. There's a lot of people that question that. And so I think the question should be asked. Is there still a purpose? Is there still a valid reason that we should be gathering together each and every week? And I say, yes, yes, there is. Hebrews chapter 10 says, verse 24 and 25, it says, Let us consider how we may spur, we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Not giving up meeting together 
as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. Interesting passage of Scripture. Let us consider how we may spur one another on. It's not let him, the pastor up front, that tall, skinny guy, figure out how to spur you on. No, it's let us consider how we may spur one another on toward good deeds and love. Let us not give up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. When I was, uh, when I was in Czech for the, the 12 days that we were gone, I, there were two Sundays. We were over there for two Sundays. And, um, and so, you know, we were a group of 42. But where we were staying was a, uh, a retrofitted barn. They converted this barn from a, from a barn into a hotel. And so there was like 25, 30 rooms, something like that there. And we packed the place out. But this, uh, where we were was kind of isolated. There was really nowhere around. And, uh, and the group of 42, we traveled all together by bus. That was the only sort for, uh, vehicle that we had. And so when Sunday came around, I was like, well, I guess I'm not going to church. I, even, I did Google search and look at the, the community that we were close to. It was about 2,500 people. And I was like, oh, maybe there's a church here. But I, if there was, I couldn't read any of the language. So I don't have any idea if there was or not. But regardless, I didn't go to church for two weeks. And I, I have to admit, I kind of missed it. If what my observations say are true is the other people in the group didn't seem to value the same things I did. And so there wasn't really that community there that I had. I, I did feel isolated. I felt alone in my faith. And it really, I think it was a moment that God allowed me to go through just to be able to say, listen, Paul, this is what the vast majority of your congregation experiences on the day-to-day. See, I live in a bubble. All the people that I work with on the day-to-day are followers of Christ. At least I hope they are. (laughs) There are some, well, anyways. But we, we have a community here. When you show up on uh, midweek and drop into my office or we meet for coffee, there's community there. And, I, and so I live in that bubble. I don't, I don't experience what you experience on the day-to-day, the vast majority of you, where you go into work and the people around you have no faith in Jesus Christ, no desire to know him, no desire to be a part of that kind of a community. I can understand how you would feel lonely at times. See, I think the, the important aspect for our day today isn't so much the worship component, although I still think that's important, isn't so much the, the preaching from the word, although that is still extremely important. I think the rise in the need for community is what's of greatest importance today for the local church. We used to use this word called fellowship. If, uh, if you're a lifer in the church, you, you're probably aware of, remember we, oh, we had some good fellowship 
today. We kind of overuse that word. It, uh, it, we kind of get this word from the term koinonia, which is a Greek word, basically meaning to have or hold all things in common. It's this concept that we support one another. We have each other. We live together, and we know that we're walking this journey through life with someone who gets it. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 Verse 25 says, and talking about the body of Christ and how it's made up of many parts, it says it's, its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. See, we, we live this life together. We support one another. We have community with each other. As much as we're in this Google era, and it allows us to get a greater amount of information and even sometimes experiences. Yes, that does happen. It also produces, I think, a greater sense of isolation and loneliness. At least that's what many stats are starting to show us. See, you can comment on someone's social media post and, and get a virtual element of community. But it's kind of hollow. It's the difference between a simple text message or an email saying thanks versus a handwritten note. It's the difference between somebody poking you on Facebook or someone extending their hand and actually shaking your hand. It's having a conversation over text versus seeing someone's facial expressions and their body language and hearing the tone of their voice when they're right in front of you. See, we need each other. God created us to be social beings. I love the analogy of the church being the body of Christ. Because when you think of the body, it's, it's kind of it's interesting how all the systems in the body are intertwined. You see, the muscles cannot exist on their own. They need the cardiovascular system. They need the skeletal system. Your mind, your brain can't live on its own. It needs blood flow to it every, every once in a while. See, the body is made up of intertwined systems that we all, that need each other. Take one system away from the body and it won't live on its own. Yet, here's the problem. So many in the church seem like that's the way they need to go these days. They seem like, you know what, uh, maybe I don't need the Sunday experience. Maybe I don't need to be a part of a community. I can just experience Jesus on my own. I can watch that video. I can, I can listen to that communicator uh, through that website. I can do this. I can do that. I don't really need to be a part of a community. Well, I'm here to tell you, when we take that approach, I've seen it way too many times. Every time somebody distances themselves from the church, eventually, without fail, eventually their faith dies and they walk away from God. I've seen it way too many times. People, we are the body of Christ and we need each other. I actually think the writer of Hebrews was being a little bit prophetic when he wrote that we should gather even more as the day approaches, even as Christ's return comes. And it's imminent. It could come at any moment. As the day gets closer to when he returns for his church, the writer of Hebrews is saying, gather more and more and more. And I'm wondering if that was a prophetic voice for today because 
of the Google era. Do not walk away from this, but press in, lean in closer. See studies. There's a study of over 7,000 men and women that found out that those with close ties, social ties, even though they live an unhealthy lifestyle, those who have a close-knit group of friends, even though they may smoke a pack of cigarettes a day or, or all they eat is McDonald's every meal, doesn't matter, they never exercise, people with social ties, close social ties, they live longer, even though their lifestyle is unhealthy, versus those who have a very healthy lifestyle but yet are distanced from others. Interesting. Now, the study also shows you link the two together, both social ties as well as eating healthy or living a healthy life. You live even longer. So, you know, encouragement, I'm not. <laughs> but nonetheless, that social dynamic is crucial, crucial to the life of an individual. We are the church. We are the body of Christ, and we need each other. See, I don't, I, the problem is, as we get older, I think we tend to isolate ourselves. And, and maybe it's not intentional. You think of work, and you're, you, know, you just get out of high school, you're out of university or whatever. You've got, got to find a job, and so your social structure pulls you away. You've got to find a job in a new city. So you, you, you don't have all of that you know, school system, friends, group anymore. You, you, so that plays into it. Then you get married, maybe. And, uh, and so you start working on your marriage, and well, maybe you lose a couple more friends. Then the kids arrive, and their schedules take over, and they always want the car, and it's really annoying. And, uh, you know, so all of that kind of stuff builds up, and I get it. So as we get older, I think we lose some of our social structure. We find ourselves isolating ourselves. And in fact, it's easier, even when you're an adult, to be picky about who you hang out with, isn't it? I mean, I remember in school, Back in the day, you know, you're forced together for multiple hours in the same classroom, especially in elementary school where you have the same group of 25 or 30 or however many students are in, the, in, in that class, and you go from every class together and you do everything together, and, and it doesn't matter whether or not you like that person, the, you, the teacher put them there and you have to deal with it. Remember those days? And you move into high school, and some of the people that I couldn't stand in grade four and five, and they probably couldn't stand me as well, uh, they were some of my closer friends when I got into high school. Why? Because we were forced to build relationship, and we actually learned that we like each other, and we supported one another. But when you're an adult, if I don't like you, I don't need to hang out with you. I can be picky. What environment do we have where we're forced together for an extended period of time having to work together? And some work environments do that, but not very many. But even in those work environments, we can often find a way of maneuvering around so we're not having to work with people that we don't like. So we're, it's easy to isolate ourselves. Let, uh, let me expand, though, on that passage in 1 Corinthians 12 that I read earlier. 21, at verse 21, it says, The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. The head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty. While our presentable parts, 
need no special treatment. But God, listen to that, but God has put the body together. Not you. You don't get to choose. God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it. So there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. We are the body of Christ. We need each other. And as part of the body of Christ, you don't get to say who you welcome and who you don't welcome. Every follower of Jesus is part of the body of Christ. It's who we are. We are his body, and we need each other. And so none of us, none of us in this room should feel alone. You see, in the community of the body of Christ, it's where we can celebrate the winds of life together. It's where we can suffer the hard times of life together. It's in community that we can encourage one another to keep going on in our faith, to hold each other accountable, to learn the things of God and the things of ourself that we wouldn't be able to learn on our own. We are the body of Christ and we need each other. When you come on Sundays, We come not just to hear a message, not just to sing a few songs about Jesus, or to feel like we've done our Christian duty. We gather in the name of Christ as the body to build community with each other. So where do we start? Let me wrap up really quickly with this. I want us to prioritize Sundays. I think Sundays are important. Now, we're going to try and continue to create better environments. That's why we have the coffee time between services and things of that nature. We're going to try and continue to create environments where we can foster community. But we need to prioritize Sundays. I think Sundays are important. Not just for this service component, but for what happens before and after the service, I think is crucial. We need to prioritize Sundays. We need to make it a place where we are are coming together. That's one of the reasons why we've developed the sections, so that you can get to know each other better. Now, most of you, I see some rebels in the group this morning have moved, but most of you are sitting in the exact same seat that you sit in each and every week. We're creatures of habit, I get that, so we want to feed into that. Take a section, make it your own, get to know the people in your section. Why? Because you can't know everybody here. So know some, know a group of of others who are here. Know them well. So here's here's what I want you to do. I I want you to look around. Just look around at the people in your section. Okay, there's lots of people. Look at them in the eye. Wave at them, yes. Smile, yeah, isn't that nice? See all those people in your section? Yeah. Yeah. Some of you already know each other. Some of you, you're looking at them and you're like, I have no idea. I know they've been here for the last 30 years and so have I, but I still don't know their name. You know, I get, I get that. Here's what, here's what now for married couples, I, I, I encourage you, you can, you can right now, you can pull out your phones, married couples, and you're gonna, you can, because I don't want you talking in church, so I want you to text for the next few minutes back and forth. If you're single, just think about this in your brain. Don't, uh, don't worry about, uh, you know, texting. Uh, some unknown person in your life. So, uh, but what I want you to do is I want you to intentionally think 
of someone in your section that you want to invite over. Right now, think. All right, so you, you're looking around. Think about someone. Maybe you've never met them before. Maybe you kind of sort of know them and you want to get to know them better. Don't think of the person that was just over at your house yesterday. Think of somebody different. But I want you to think, I want you to be intentional as to who you can invite. Maybe it's even over today. Or maybe it's next week for the Super Bowl. Or maybe it's, you know, you're going to team up and do a double date for Valentine's. Or your, your families are going to go to the pond and skate or something like that together. I don't know what you want to do. But I want you to strategically think about who you can invite over and into your life, out of your section. Now some of you are like, like Paul, seriously? Like, are you serious? Yes! Yes, I am. Why? Because I think we are missing this element. You know, I, I get an email on a regular basis or a phone conversation or a face-to-face conversation with people from Calvary Church who, who all of a sudden they're not showing up nearly as much. And, uh, and they finally get to a point where they want to admit, you know what, I'm just not, I'm going to go somewhere else or they stop going altogether. Why? Because they feel isolated. Even in a room with all the hundreds of people that we have in this room, they still feel isolated. Why? Because sometimes maybe it's nobody has approached them or cared to show an interest in them. Or maybe they haven't gone out of their way to, uh, to get to know someone and, and take a step. People, it's time for us to take a step. It's time for us to recognize that we need community. Now, I have to admit, in North America, we are horrible. Now, Newfoundland does really well, but everywhere else, not so much. Like, we're horrible at building community. We put up these walls, and, uh, and we lock our doors, and we don't allow people into our lives. And I think we need to change that. Jesus tells the disciples, listen, they will know you as followers of Jesus Christ, because of your love for one another. How well do we love one another? You can't when nobody knows who you are. Now, I, I get it. You know, some of you are like sitting there and you're like, man, nobody has ever asked me to their house and I've been here for five years. Well, maybe because you need to smile or something. Like, there's some, I look out at, at you guys on a, on a regular basis and some of you look really grumpy. Like, I'm, I'm just being a little honest... Well, uh, you're, just smile a little bit. Step out of your comfort zone. Have you ever said and reached out your hand and said to somebody else, hey, my name is Paul? Well, that'd be weird if your name's not Paul, but I, uh, have you ever done that? Have you taken the step today? I want to challenge you to take that step, to step out of your comfort zone and say, you know what, I need to build community. Why? Because we are the body of Christ, and we need each other. We do. Even more so as the day approaches. Socialize outside of Sundays, I think, is crucial. Make Sundays a priority. Socialize outside of Sundays. And the third area I think we need to, or four, well, this is a combined area, I think you need to seriously be a part of a team or a life group. 
You need to really get yourself plugged in. Some people fade away, but you know, in those moments, I say don't fade away. Push in. If you're feeling lonely, if you're feeling like you're not connecting to to the people of Calvary Church, lean into that. How? By getting a part of, uh, being a part of a serving team and being a part of a life group. So crucial, so crucial to to your well-being as a, a follower of Jesus Christ. It's easy to show up late and leave early on Sunday mornings. It's easy. Some of you do it. But I'm saying it's time to step in. It's time to take that next step and get involved. Go deeper in who you are as Christ. Because why? We are the body of Christ and we need each other. Be a part of a team. Some of the, the best friends that I have in Peterborough are a result of serving alongside of them for months or years in different capacity here. Serve with others. Be a part of a team. Get, get to be a part of a life group. That's one of the key reasons why we're doing this Jonah series and making a big deal out of the Jonah series that starts next week. Why? Because we want you to be a part of a life group. There's community that happens in a life group in a deeper way than you can experience here on a Sunday. Although this is important, I am saying this is important, but life group is even that much more important. It's where we can support one another at a deeper level. It's where we hold each other accountable. It was interesting. I had no idea what was going on in, some woman, in a woman's life here this morning. And, uh, and somebody else told me that tomorrow she's going in for some heart uh, surgery. And, uh, and I was the last person to know. And I, so I went up and I was talking with her about it. And she's like, Paul, you have done an amazing job. I have such a great support team around me. Why? Because she's leaned in. And now she has others here at Calvary who are helping support her along on this journey. That's what it's all about. If you're waiting for me to do that for you, the list is long, people. I'll tell you right up front, the list is long. And so if you want proper pastoral care, if you want that love and that community, you have to be a part of a life group. You have to. It's crucial. So I want to encourage you to do that, where you can support one another. It's not uncommon for me to see people sitting alone on a Sunday or at a table in the Go Cafe or walking in late and leaving early week after week, after week, never engaging with anyone else. People, that's hard to watch. It's hard to watch as your pastor. I want us to break through that. I want us to lean in on community and be who God has called us to be, the body of Christ, the people who need each other. Heavenly Father, I pray today that you would help us understand our need, not only for you, Lord. We need to work on that vertical relationship that we have with you. Most definite. But we also need to work on the relationship we have with each other. And so, Lord, would you help us, help us as a family, as part of your family, as part of your body here at Calvary Church, would you help us be who you are calling us to be? Help us to grow in that community. Yes, that we would worship you. Yes, that we would hear from you. Yes, that we would be on mission together. But Lord, that we would also have that community. We'd be able to support one another in the ways that you would have us to do. So Lord, we ask this. We ask this in your name. I ask this in your name. Amen.
Now, some of you may be here today and you are relatively new to Calvary Church, or maybe this is your very first time here, and you've, you're not familiar with the, what Christianity is really all about. You hear us talking today about community, and you're like, man, I'm living this alone, and, uh, and I have no hope. I've never had hope in Christ. And today, you're at a point where you're saying, I need Jesus in my life. I need Jesus. Could I encourage you? I, I'm going to be sitting over here while Ian and the team leads us for a couple more songs. I'd love to be able to pray with you, talk with you a little bit more about what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ. If you have a lot of questions, which I'm sure you do, I would also encourage you to maybe check out what we have here. It's called Alpha. It's a program for those who are searching out the truths of, of what Christianity is all about. That starts up in, on the 4th of February, so, so it's relatively right around the corner. Really cool. We're also having a Farsi uh, group this time, which is awesome. And so, so I want to encourage you to look at that as well. But for the rest of you, the body here, who are already a part of Jesus, Jesus' family, can I encourage you today to seriously have a gut check? Take the next couple of moments as Ian leads us and really ask yourself, have I really allowed myself to be part of a community or am I trying to do this on my own? Allow God to speak with you. This is going to be a room of prayer and so... So I would ask that we would honor that. And if you need to come forward and find yourself up here praying, that's awesome. If you want to stay in your seat or you want to walk around in here, that's fine too. This is going to be a room of, of prayer. But just spend some time with God, asking God, God, who is it that I need to allow into my life? Who can I build community with as part of the body of Christ? That we're going to support one another, hold one another accountable, and, and be able to grow together as followers of Jesus. For some of you, you're living that out. And so you're going to go out and into the lobby and socialize. And uh, now, for those of you who are really wrestling with God on that, don't take too long because you've got to get out and invite those people into your life, right? So, uh, so don't take too long. Just a couple of minutes doing that and then go out and invite that person into, into your home for, for lunch or the Super Bowl or whatever. So do that. But for those of you who are here and you're already living community, keep going. Go deeper. And allow God to use you as you are who he calls you to be, the body of Christ. God bless.